I'm Mindy Peterson, and this is Enhanced Life with Music, a holistic look at music's effect on our everyday lives. At Enhanced Life with Music, we are big believers in the healing power of music. And I can't think of a better purpose for harnessing that healing power of music than to rehumanize and reconcile people living in stressful and dehumanizing conditions. That is exactly what a nonprofit organization is doing. And I was so inspired to learn about their work recently. Art's capacity brings healing and hope to prisoners and others facing hard times and challenges. Music is used to allow people to access their own emotions and develop tools to be successful in their future as free citizens. With me today is Arts Capacity founder and accomplished musician, Holly Mulcahy. Holly currently serves as concertmaster of both the Wichita Symphony Orchestra and the Chattanooga Symphony Orchestra. Welcome to Enhanced Life with Music, Holly. Thanks. It's great to be here. Holly, I was so inspired when I learned about Arts Capacity, and I was inspired and moved when I went to the website and read the quotes from the board members on why they choose to be on the board. Your quote did such a great job encapsulating your vision for Arts Capacity. Can you explain to listeners what that vision is? Well, the vision has morphed since we began, and I would say it has been enhanced because as we go in, we learn each time. The original goal was just to offer a place for people to heal, to put their feelings as a coping mechanism. Um, but since then, we've, we've discovered a number of things, and that is exactly how music can connect us not only to ourselves and, you know, inwards, but how it can connect us to other people. That's been some of our, our most recent discoveries. And so it's just an ongoing process. It's just been really amazing. I remember reading on the site that you, Arts Capacity does this work with prisoners and also with others facing challenging situations and hardships. Are there other contexts that you use that Arts Capacity does its work or is it pretty much just in prisons? It, it's mostly in prisons, although we're expanding. We just, with the COVID, um, we've had to kind of pause a little bit here mm-hmm. and there on some of our, our things, but we, we originally, before COVID, we're looking into veteran programs and um, some some youth initiatives. And the youth initiatives we're still we've got on the back burner, kind of simmering right now. But um, very much, it's so connected with you know prevention, um, prison prevention, keeping people from getting to that point. And a lot of veterans mm-hmm. also are susceptible to falling into hard times. So mm-hmm. we, yeah, love that concept of pre- prevention. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to read the quote that you had on the website, because like I said, I, I thought it did such a great job of encapsulating that vision. You said, as incarcerated people prepare for reentry into society, they are given tools. These tools sometimes include training in a trade or learning how to succeed in job interviews, but often the most important tools are overlooked in preparing people's return into society. With arts capacity, my vision is to share tools that allow people to access their own emotions, creativity, and humanity that will empower them and help them succeed as free citizens. By sharing music and culture, 
The goal to help people find a coping mechanism or emotional outlet is a powerful way to rehumanize a population that will eventually be our future neighbors. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. And it brought to mind this concept of social emotional learning, which has been about become a buzzword, especially during quarantine. And I'm a huge proponent of it and how music can be used to develop those skills. In fact, last week's episode was was kind of delving into that topic. And I certainly think of children first when I hear that term social emotional learning. Oh, yeah. But we as adults need it just as much as, as kids do. And I think the fact that we recognize our own need for it is why we want to be more intentional about developing that in our children. Tell us a little bit about how you came to have this vision for using music for healing in this way and in this context. Well, I think um, using music and art, and we have used uh, visual arts as well, um, it it goes to your core as a human and you know humans are animals but we're the only animal in the kingdom that you know besides food shelter and procreation we actually seek art mm. and and no animal does this they don't mean well there's an elephant that paints but it didn't seek to paint on its own it was trained to paint for sure. peanuts um, <laughs> and so knowing that it's human nature to want to either create art or take it in. And prisons very often are devoid of, of art and encouraging um, creation of art. And, and um, we wanted to bring in this as a platform to see if it could offer up a place for people to put their feelings and to think. And, you know, people can use it however they want. That's the beauty of, of art. It serves so many people's purposes simultaneously, extremely different. Um, so creating that place for people to express themselves or to feel in a place that doesn't ne- typically allow that or encourage that was something we wanted to really start to, to, to push. Mm-hmm. And, not only were we able to, you know, get it going, we got a relationship going with the prison. Um, we were able to take surveys in and survey them in. And then we got feedback from the guards as well. And some of the feedback was just so outstanding that the, the calm after a performance, mm-hmm. we would go in like um, every two twice a year or so, sometimes three times a year. Um, but the calm and the focus would last weeks after we were gone. Weeks. It wasn't just like, oh, they're gone, you know, I'm going to go back to my anxiety. It, it was a calm and focus. And to have guards mention that really helped boost our, our motivation to keep it going. Well, I'm sure that must have been really energizing to hear that feedback. It was. And it just gave us purpose. It gave us motivation. It was a shot in the arm that, yes, we're on the right track. We've got the data to prove it. And it just really kind of built us up to feeling like what we were doing had meaning. Mm-hmm. And and the reverse of that was what we were bringing in. The prisoners felt that it had meaning in their um reaction to it had meaning. And that's one thing that's really different about what Ars Capacity does. We don't just bring music in and play. We don't bring in artists to say, here's how to enjoy this. There is no rules. I mean, there's there's no right way and no wrong way to interpret it. And that's one of the first things out of my mouth is you can feel whatever you want. You can think whatever you want. And then we ask them 
that's the big difference. We ask what their feelings are after each piece. We don't tell them what we want. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us what this, this looks like, because it, like you said, it's not a typical concert or performance that's simply for entertainment, but it's, it's this exploration of emotion and it's a two way conversation between the musician and the audience. So explain what these performances look like and how they play out literally. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's, it's really what we're doing is, is really by all rules, we shouldn't be doing what we're doing. We're playing mostly living music or living composers music. Mm. Um, we're playing modern pieces, modern classical kinds of pieces. Some are really edgy. Some are really difficult for the average listener to listen to. Um, but from what they have requested, this is what they want. This is and what when you say need. difficult, do you mean it brings up some, it has a tendency to bring up negative emotions or what do you mean? Um, I think difficult. Well, well, you know, our normal, audience would say, I want Mozart, Beethoven, and Bach, and Brahms. I'm bringing in some really edgy living composers like Jennifer Higdon, and Mark Mellitz, and Jim Stevenson, um, a whole bunch of friends of mine, and Guzzo was another, Rob Diemer was another, and the music is not Beethoven. You know, it, it's a, some, some of it can be really challenging to listen to, some of it's really beautiful to listen to, um, and it does bring up some really interesting emotions. The Jennifer Higdon piece, one of them, um, the prisoner said that he felt his mother's presence, his dead mother's presence, and how emotional that was for him. Mm-hmm. Another piece by a Chicago composer, his piece made somebody think that there were so many rests in the piece, it made him come to the conclusion that he needs to take the time to listen to his family more. Mm-hmm. And how he came to that conclusion was just amazing. We didn't give him any, you know, prep or how to feel but he came up to that conclusion himself Mm -hmm. the piece was violin and cello and there were gigantic cavernous rests in between each each of the little phrases and it was i was worried myself because like this is awkward nobody (laughs) wants to hear like silence it's just weird Um, but we did it and uh one of the prisoners said you know i think i need to listen to my daughter (laughs) and i was just like dang and another one said, this reminds me of my mother. She had Alzheimer's, and to be patient and listen to her say the same phrase and then just stop. And I was like, wow. that's I would have never thought of that. You know, I played the piece. I, I learned the music. The phrases meant something different to me. But their interpretation was right, yeah. as was mine. Yeah. But allowing them that gave them something. It was empowering. It's their experience. That is fascinating. I was explaining, I think last week in in an episode, how I I can play the same song for five different students, and they'll all give me five different emotions that it creates in them. Uh, You know, one might think that the song sounds angry. And I gave the example of Revolutionary Etude by Chopin, which is a real fast kind of angsty, in my opinion, angsty sounding song that is perfect for venting. And one student, I'll play it and they'll say, that sounds like it represents the the angry emoji. And another <laughs> one would say, that sounds like it represents 
uh, excitement and adventure, another one will say that sounds like it represent, re- represents anxiety, you know, and it's just really different, interesting to hear how that can hit different people in different ways. And different times, because I would bet you anything that if you played that piece for people, your students in a year, mm. where they are emotionally is going to be different. Yeah. And they're going to take that piece. And I think that's also empowering for all of us. You know, we just talked about this with Wichita Symphony, our, our wellness program. As the same piece of music can mean something entirely different six months later. Yeah, you're right. It's empowering. So tell us what this looks like. You arrive, you set up. Is this usually a one-person event, or do you have like a small chamber group? It it started off with just solo violin, and um, as our budget grew, we could we started adding a little bit here and there. Um, I get a lot of people volunteering to play. Um, with me, you know, chamber music or whatever, but it's a specific criteria of you, you must be the kind of musician that's not doing it for your own purposes mm. to check box and feel good. Um, and sometimes it creates interesting ensembles. Like I had an ensemble of violin, trombone, piano, and saxophone once, which mm. doesn't sound like it should work. <laughs> But it did. <laughs> it worked beautifully. Um, and each of us played a, a sonata with the pianist, the saxophone sonatas and violin sonatas and trombone sonatas. And then what we did with that was we asked the prisoners to give us some topics, and we just improvised for them. So while we were improvising between the four of these unlikely instrument combinations, uh-huh. um, our pianist, who's also a composer, wrote the stuff down. And so they were, they knew their, their music was going to be, you know, put into proper form, the prisoners. So you're actually creating music with them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I thought you'd come in like with the Higdon piece or, you know, something like that. Oh, that too. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's important to know the builders of music and that's one thing we discovered is they put great value into knowing that the composers are alive in their space in their airtime and they also put great value in knowing that I'm going to, you know, email or Facebook Jennifer or email or Facebook Rob and say that your piece touched these people. Here's how, uh-huh. because that is a little piece of them getting out of prison. Mm. Their, their thoughts and feelings are getting out. And it means a lot to the composers as well. Sure. But yeah, we'll, we'll play music, but we'll also open the doors a little to say, let's do something together. Let's create something together because it's one thing to listen and to you know offer up your emotions, but it's another to say, can you make that sound like a, or can you make it like a little bit more calm or can you make it a little more dissonant? And the musicians I bring in, it's never a no. It's like, yeah, of course. Let me, is this what you want? <laughs> well, that's impressive to have classical performers who can do both, who can play yeah. complex classical music that's composed by somebody else and written out, but then also have the ability to improvise like that. Right. It's it. What I found is we've done this a couple of times is it's freeing for the musicians. Mm-hmm. Usually we don't get to improvise, but this is opening up something for us as well. So it's mutually beneficial. Mm. So talk to, talk to us some more about what this looks like as it plays out and, and how you see this accomplishing your vision for arts capacity. You, you play some music and play just a small segment of it and then stop and ask yes. for feedback on what emotions are coming up. Definitely. What we'll do is we'll typically have a, a 
a program with maybe four to eight pieces, depending on length. And we give them the paper programs as they walk into the big gymnasium. There will be about two to 400 men in, in this particular prison. Each of them gets to keep a program. And um, I'll welcome them, and I'll say, I'm going to open up with you know whatever piece I'm opening up with. Hope you enjoy. Your thoughts are your own. Your feelings are your own. There's no wrong answers. And after we finish this piece, we'd love to hear from you. So when we finish the first piece, there are two microphones that get passed around. And the prisoners help, you know, there's, there's a couple of prisoners who stand up and they're spotters and they spot people who've mm. got their hands up. Mm-hmm. People with their hands up get a microphone. They share a thought, a feeling, an image, whatever. Sometimes sometimes they just say, you know, that's really cool. <laughs> and that's okay. great. Uh-huh. Um, and then after about four to eight comments, you know, I'll wrap it up and play the next piece and the same thing. And then at the end, in this particular prison, um, you know, we, we thank them and the warden will usually say, thank you. It's time to return to the dorms. But before they go, they come and they line up in a single file line, get autographs, shake my hand, tell me other things or tell mm-hmm. the other artists other things or mm-hmm. tell composers who I've brought in, you know, things. And mm. it's a, it's a way to kind of punctuate the evening to know they matter, that their opinions matter, that the art has brought us together. It's really special. Mm -hmm. This is a quick break for our sponsor, Rollflex. If you're a regular listener of this show, you've probably heard me talk about my Rollflex Pro. It played a significant role in healing my repetitive use injuries, and I have continued to use it every day for years, both to prevent injuries and because it feels so good. The Rollflex Pro is a foam roller tool with clam-shaped arms that provide leverage to adjust the pressure to whatever you like or can tolerate. I use it mainly on my arms and in the neck shoulder area, but it can be used on any body part because of how it's designed. I highly recommend it. As I mentioned, I've been using the Rollflex daily for years and recently signed up as an affiliate. So you can help support the show at no extra cost to you by purchasing through my link in the show notes. The Rollflex is eligible for reimbursement from flexible spending accounts and HSAs. It's also eligible for medical insurance reimbursement in certain situations. More information is on the Rollflex website. This is Bob Bender, host of the Business Side of Music podcast. Check out our show where we talk about all things related to the music industry. We laugh, we share memories, we discuss what's worked and what didn't work. Our industry is always evolving and can never be locked inside a box. From the rookie fresh off the bus to the well-seasoned professional wondering which new direction to take their career, our show covers all the bases. Join us as we chase this elusive animal we like to call the music industry. Check us out at businesssideofmusic.com. Well, your, your website says that arts capacity addresses many emotional and character building issues people face as they prepare for release into society. Talk to us about how you see that happening in action. It's um, it, an ongoing discovery. You know, when you get into prison, um, you're, you're given skills like carpet laying and, and welding. But really exploring what the arts can do to you emotionally and allowing yourself to feel things. Sometimes your feelings are pushed so far down, you just don't feel at all. And just by having some kind of um, piece of music that can like coax a feeling out gently um, or match a feeling, the, the music therapy term, ISO principle, matching a feeling if you're feeling anxious to play something 
anxious and then level it down. Um, that's a tool to help people for when they hopefully will get out saying, you know, I'm feeling really anxious right now. I know I need to match that emotion with this kind of music. And then I'm going to level it down with that kind of music. It's just a tool. Yeah. So you do get into explaining those things. It's not just playing the music and getting their, their feedback on what. Right. We do it in a, in not a, a, um, a teaching kind of way. It's Mm -hmm. more of like, if this works for you, great. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't, that's okay. We are not therapists, Mm -hmm. but we, um, we want to offer. It's always offering and sharing. We're never there to teach. We're never there to tell them anything. We're just offering and sharing and they can do whatever they need to. You just, you treat them like, you know, human beings, adults, they'll figure it out. You just present it and then trust and letting them discover this on their own will help build that toolkit. So when they get out, they will know, you know, I need some art. I need a place to put it. I need to create so that's the goal. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit more about how it looks when you're composing music with the prisoners. We've done it a couple of different ways. The first time we went in, we brought composer, Wyoming composer Ann Gutzo with us. Mm-hmm. And Ann wrote a piece for violin duo. And she says, you know, I, I'm not going to meet the deadline. I said, Ann, don't. Let's, let's just write half a piece. And do you mind if the prisoners give some input. And she's like, I love that idea. Mm. That was so, so special to her. So we came in with a three minute violin duo. And after we played it, we said, you know, address your feelings. What are you feeling? And what images came up? We played it again, since it was only three minutes. Mm. And we invited them to tell us, what did you like? What didn't you like? What do you want to name it? Because also Anne was so generous and she said, you can name it whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And so they wrote down in their surveys, you know, their, their top choices. And what they told us is we want it to sound less dissonant. This piece had a lot of three against four mm-hmm. kind of um, rhythms, yeah. two against three. And so it's, and one prisoner said, it sounds like people are talking over each other. Mm. We want people to listen. So Anne took all of their comments. And she flew back to Wyoming and sat on a dock in the Grand Teton National Park of a lake um, and finished composing it. And she took that, you know, we want people to listen to each other as a conversation between the two violins. So it became less dissonant and, and less three against four, but more together and more um, accompanimental to each other. Hmm. And she ended it with a, with a, um, one of the prisoners asked for, can you end it so it sounds like you're being hugged? Which yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. So Anne <laughs> ended it with the most glorious 10th tenth, tenth chord, huh. which is just a beautiful chord between the two violins. And I don't know if anything sounds like a hug, that sure does. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll they, have to play, go play a 10th now and listen to what that sounds like. <laughs> oh, it's marvelous. It's just marvelous. And, um, I think it ends really nicely. The, the harmony is there. The violins are listening to each other. And that message should send a lot um, to your listeners because this was our probably fifth or sixth time into the prison. We've built up this trust with these prisoners. They knew uh, that uh, some of the components in music, some of the elements of, of harmonies and dissonances and stuff. But what they're doing is they're communicating through music. They don't want people not listening to each other. They want people to be harmony together. Hmm. So it was a very 
uh, it's a big metaphor, in my opinion, mm. about how to react interpersonally with people, <laughs> you mm. know, listen to each other. And to have a prisoner say, you need to listen to each other was pretty powerful. Sure. Don't talk over each other. <laughs> sure. Are there any arts capacity experiences or moments that were especially impactful for you or really stand out in your memory? Um, all of them are, are really special. But there was one point where, you know, I usually take questions. And this one man said, why are you here? And... I get asked that question a lot, you know, in the surveys, you know, we, we, we understand you have a home life and you're coming here. You don't need to be here, but this guy just flat out, why are you here? Mm -hmm. And I, the first thing that came to my mind is nobody should be denied art mm. ever. And like it was 200 men, I think in that, in that performance just stood to their feet and clapped. Uh, like, wow. <laughs> wow. I didn't, I didn't know that was the answer they were looking for, but that's what I believed. And the thing that I found out with these, you know, with prisoners all over the country is they can smell insincerity faster mm. than any of us on the outside. Mm. And so I think, you know, my honesty really resonated with them. Sure. Well, that reminded me of another one of the, the quotes from one of your board members on the website. It said, uh, arts for all is a very popular concept in the art world these days. While most organizations point to rural or inner city areas, the prison population may be the most underserved we have. Art is not just a luxury. Art is a necessity that helps define humanity. It is clear that the music Holly brings helps these men feel a part of the world, part of the human race. It offers them hope, something I suspect may be a rare experience in the prison system. That was Kimberly Gavin who yeah. had that. And I just encourage listeners to read those other quotes from those board members. There's not a lot of them, but each one was really moving when I read it. I was like, wow, this is an organization I need to check into some more. <laughs> I need to update. We've since expanded our board uh, mm. a few months ago, so I'll have to get that updated soon. Yeah, yeah. Well, before I let you go, tell us a little bit about your blog, which is separate from Arts Capacity, but it it uh, has become really popular. Tell us a little bit about when that started and what some of the topics are. That blog started over 10 years ago, and it started with the purpose of, well, I'm angry about this in orchestra, and I'm just going to write about it. And in writing each blog... I discovered a little bit more. It, it kind of opened up my own dialogue with the art and the purpose of art. And that's been the biggest discovery is the purpose and why we do what we do. And so it analyzes, or the game for me is to analyze why we do what we do, how we do it, how can we do it better, how can we reach people. Um, of course, I cover what we do with Hearts Capacity on the blog. I cover the orchestra world. Um, Arts in general, how it impacts our regular everyday lives um, and how we can reach people, not just people in prison, not just people in the concert halls, but everybody. So I'm always like looking at metaphors and, and ways to allow everybody in on their terms. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's just been really, really fun. Some of them, some of them are a little sarcastic. I did, <laughs> I did one four part. Um, segment called how to alienate your audience in 10 even easy steps, <laughs> <laughs> um, which just, you know, broke down some of the things we're all guilty of in the orchestra world. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe not smiling on, on the stage or, 
or um, you know maybe a music director kind of looking down his nose at certain people. So um, <laughs> it was just a fun way to say, hey, we shouldn't do that. <laughs> sure. Well, I like how some of your topics make classical music a little less intimidating and more accessible to people who may not be in that world on a regular basis. Like a couple of your most popular blogs are what to wear to the symphony and when to clap at the symphony, which are quite great questions. I mean, if you, you don't spend a lot of time attending symphony or in classical music, that, that's got to be a huge question for people. And ironically, those cause some of the biggest controversy within my own industry. Oh, really? <laughs> because, oh, yeah. Especially the wind to clap, because a lot of people in the industry were like, well, everybody should already know this. And it's oh, like, no. oh, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, Did that make it onto your ten, ten, list of 10 ways to alienate your, your audiences? It, Act like they should just already know this stuff. <laughs> it absolutely did. I, I have to say it. It's just been a well of inspiration. <laughs> but um, yeah, that, um, and then the what to wear um, was just, that caused an uproar too, because everybody has their own view and the people who are comfortable going into the concert halls feel a particular way. But um, it was just a guideline, you know, if, sure. it's, if it's a concert in the evening, most people are wearing blah, blah, blah. <laughs> sure, know? sure. Because every girl, at least every girl I know, before you go to a party, say, what What are you wearing? Sure. Everybody does that. So I just wanted to give people that, that heads up. I love yeah. that. Well, one last <laughs> quote that I have to read from one of your blogs. You said, what is so great about art and music is much of it says things better than words could. The conversations from behind prison walls to society and back are all through music and art. They are well wishes, support, help, apologies, and so on. And they are ongoing. Love that. Well, I ask all my guests to close out our conversation with a musical ending, a coda, by sharing a song or a story about a moment that music enhanced your life. You have a song that you're going to share with us. Tell us a little bit about what we're going to hear. This is the violin duo that was completed by The Prisoners by Ann Guzzo, called The Wind. That is a little bit of The Wind, Reconciliation by Anne Guzzo. Thank you so much to Holly for joining us today and for all she does to enhance lives with music. Check out the show notes for links to connect with Holly and her work, including her blog and arts capacity. Today's show notes are at mpetersonmusic.com slash podcast slash episode 84. There's also a link in the episode details right in your podcast app. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Let me know how music is enhancing your life. All links are right there to connect with me on email, social media, or my website. Thank you so much for joining me today. Until next week, may your life be enhanced with music.